The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 293. Unless you're joining me live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, or maybe all three. I don't know. I don't know how many devices you have in your household. Um, I'd be interested to know if you can watch all three at once and maybe which one has more of a delay. I would think... I would think YouTube would be the most delayed, and I feel like Twitter would be the fastest. I don't know. But if you want to catch the show live, make sure you're subscribed on one or all of those channels. Turn on your notifications. Today is Monday, September 19th, for those keeping track. Uh, a day later than the show normally is. Uh, just got caught up with some personal things yesterday, so didn't have time to uh, get on here and Talk to all you lovely folks about all the beautiful violence we witnessed this weekend at UFC Vegas 60, UFC Fight Night 210. Uh, before we get into that, <clears throat> Mark Mark Fellows knows the answer. It's Twitter, YouTube, Facebook in that order. That's kind of what that's kind of what I thought. If I if I had to guess, that's how I would have ranked it. But. Um, that actually makes sense. I don't know why I would think that Twitter would be the fastest because Twitter is not Twitter's not like a streaming site and the other two are known for streaming, but I don't know. I just feel like Twitter has shit figured out that other platforms haven't. Um, before we get into the fights, uh, I do want to bring up one piece of bad news that I heard, unfortunately, right after I finished recording last week's show, and that was the tragic passing of former UFC fighter Elias Theodoro. Um, what can you say? 34 years old is is way too young for anybody, professional athlete or, or anyone. Um, just such a tragedy for his family to have lost him so young. Um, I, I never met him or interacted with him, but, you know, we ran in some of the same circles and, you know, a lot of the same things that, that I'm sure you guys have been hearing for the past week. Nobody had a bad word to say about the guy. He came through and, and trained here at Gracie Tampa a few times with, um, with some good friends of mine and, um, they said he was just all class. He came in. He was very respectful. He was he was willing to learn, um, which is not something that you see from high level mixed martial artists. They don't go and just pop into gyms and and are willing to, you know, be a blank slate, so to speak. But um, that's the impression I got from him. He came in and he he was willing to help people who needed help and um, was also willing to listen uh, to, to people he hardly knew. Uh, and, and that's, that's really a sign of, of greatness. You know, people who are humble enough to, uh, know that they can learn from others, you know, Hensel Gracie always said that, 
you know, a white belt can teach him uh, in, in the same way that he can teach a white belt, you know, because just because they have a fresh perspective, um, their, their minds haven't been polluted with jujitsu <laughs> uh, theology for years and years, but um, big loss for, for this community. It's really sad. Um, Elias was um, a big advocate for, legalizing cannabis and MMA um, coming from Canada. It's something that that's legal there. And he was taking it as medicine to treat, I believe it was a degenerative uh, muscle disease that he had in his hand. And um, I think that was part of the reason he stepped away from the UFC is that he couldn't, uh, he couldn't get an exemption to be able to, take his marijuana for, uh, for his condition. Um, so he was, <clears throat> he was one of the pioneers of that movement, which, um, you know, luckily now fighters can use marijuana, um, up until, you know, so many days before the fight, maybe that'll change, um, someday in the near future. Maybe they'll be able to use it you know, like the day before or something like that. But, um, yeah, let's, Let's raise a glass to Elias, and uh, he, you know he he left a lot. Of, he left us a lot of great memories, a lot of great fights, winning the Ultimate Fighter, um, and hopefully his work uh, towards legalizing cannabis will will resonate, and and somebody else will pick up the torch there. So, cheers, Elias. Uh, thoughts are with your family. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll keep rolling with the bad news. Um, Jose Aldo officially retired from MMA, uh, coming off his loss to uh, Marab Davalashvili. Um, I didn't think he looked bad, but I think maybe Jose realized, you know, this bantamweight division, as we saw on Saturday night, is just it's just stacked with so much talent. Um, that, that for him to make another run at the title is probably going to take another few years. And Aldo is one of these guys, I think he's only like 34 or 35 years old, but he's been fighting for 49 years somehow. Like Aldo's been around a long time. Um, some of you may remember him back in the WEC when he was just murdering people. Um, I remember when he, he knocked out Cub Swanson with a double flying knee. Uh, <laughs> I think it gave him black eyes in both eyes at once. And then he jumped over the cage and ran all the way up, the, <laughs> ran all the way up the stands. Um, Aldo was just a wild man back in the day. He calmed down quite a bit um, before even arriving in the UFC. And then of course he had a legendary run in the UFC. Um which was kind of derailed by Conor McGregor and then twice by Max Holloway. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what to say about that one, except uh, man, Aldo gave us some incredible fights, some wars. Um, he, he really did. I mean, his fights with Uriah Faber, legendary, um, so many great memories. Like, I mean, what he did to Uriah Faber's leg uh, made people have nightmares about leg kicks. I don't know if anybody 
if you guys remember that, but um, he beat up Uriah Faber's legs so bad with the leg kicks. His leg was swollen to twice the size. It was completely purple. Um, it was it was pretty gross. We saw some gross things on Saturday night as well. We'll get into all that, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's raise another one to the career of Jose Aldo, um, the King of Rio. Thanks for all the memories. Um, you know, your fights are going to live on in history. So thank you, champ. Cheers. <clears throat> all right. Let's talk some fights. Um, so as I said, this bantamweight division, and I was talking about this a little bit last week, it's just, it's so top heavy right now. And now you've got, you know, you, you have two guys coming off a main event and neither one of their stock goes down, in my opinion. But Corey Sanhagen's stock goes up quite a bit. Um, he just fought such a smart fight against uh, Yadong Song. And, and um, this is something, you know, fight IQ is something is a, is a term that's that's thrown around a lot. I don't I don't really care for that term because it it makes it sound like mm, it, it makes it sound like if you're not intelligent like you can't get good at this uh, when you know some people just have good instincts and athletic gifts. Um it it's really just I think it just comes down to experience and that could be combined with experience outside of mixed martial arts. So, you know, kickboxing experience, grappling experience, uh, experience within the gym, just being able to meet adversity and change gears, change directions. Um, that's, it's really a rare skill if you think about it. Um, this is very much a sport where we see a lot of people crack if things aren't going their way. Uh, the hardest thing for fighters to deal with a lot of the times is when they get into a fight and the fight is more difficult than they anticipated it being. So if they get in there thinking they're going to outstrike a guy and they're getting tagged up, um, that causes panic for a lot of people. Um, it didn't with Corey Sanhagen because he got outstruck in the first round. I think Yadong Song won that first round handily. Um, he hit Sanhagen with some hard shots. I don't think anybody would disagree that Song won that first round. And Sanhagen realized he just didn't have the weapons to go blow for blow with him with the punches and kicks. So he went to the elbows. He was also missing with those with those flying knees quite a bit. Um that I believe he knocked out Marlon Marais with. Um, but yeah, he went to the elbows. So, you know, Corey Sanhagen might have been fighting down in the rankings, but he was throwing those elbows up into Yadong Song's face, uh, one of them causing uh, the cut that would eventually end the fight um, at the end of the fourth round. Uh, just. It, it was just great experience, great adjustments on the fly. Um, you know, realizing that whatever is 
primary game plan was wasn't working and um it, you know he was able to change it up and and do enough damage to end the fight uh and credit to your dong song man what a tough dude i mean his face was half hanging off it looked like he looked like Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or just like half his eyebrow was over here and half his eyebrow was down here. It was, it was, it was like the the Scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. Like they threw half my face over here and half my face was over here. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty gruesome. It was a really bad cut. It was in a really bad place. And um, the you, you got to give credit to the doctor in this fight as well as in the co-main event as well between Chidi Njikawani and Gregory Rodriguez. Um, the doctor really did his best in both scenarios to try and let these fights go on as long as possible. Um, and Yadong Song had that cut over his eye. I believe it happened in the second round. Um, and this fight was stopped at the end of the fourth. The, a lot of doctors might've stopped it like after that second round, right when they saw the location of that cut um, right over the eye is the worst place because the blood will trickle down into your eyes and then you can't see what was happening with him was he actually had like a flap of his eyebrow that was hanging over his eye. And I imagine it had to be impairing his vision at least a little bit. Um, and he slowed down a lot. Um, you, you could tell it was bothering him, uh, but he was still in the fight. Like if they would have let it go to the fifth round, like he would have been in there swinging to the end which is why his stock doesn't go down at all for me. Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure it was uh, a difficult stitch job. Uh, it's it's going to leave a nasty scar. Um, it, and, you know, you can see here he's, he's a good-looking dude. You know, very symmetrical face, like when this photo was taken. From here on out, not so much. It's going to be a little more... Uh, picasso-esque going forward but hey chicks dig scars right um yeah just a great performance sanhagen um i think he only was successful with one takedown and then the narrative coming out of this was that he wasn't shooting the takedowns to get yadong song to the ground he was shooting the takedowns to tire his arms out and I can only get on board with that theory so much, even though that's what Corey said at the end of the fight too. He said the, the goal was not to take him down. The goal was just to, to tie him up, you know, get his arms full of blood, get his arms tired, um, take some of the power off his shots. But I can't ignore the entries on these takedowns where Sanhagen was bending at the waist instead of changing levels. Even if you're not intending to take the guy down, it's never a good idea to to just bend at the waist to to shoot on someone, um, because it lowers your face. It leaves you open for uh, dangerous strikes like knees and uppercuts and things like that. Um, and you never want to have a rounded back when you're going in on a takedown, even if you're not planning to finish it, even if you're trying to get into the clinch, you still want to maintain good posture. Um, that would be my only criticism of Sanhagen's uh, performance. And it's, it's not a big one by any means, but just as a grappler and as a, a clinch coach, um, it was something, it was something I noticed that he was coming in rounded on those takedown attempts 
Um, and Hey, what do I know? Like, obviously what, whatever he was doing worked, he slowed, he slowed down Yadong song and, um, you know, came away with, with a really big win. This was a huge position for him because he's coming off two losses, I think. Um, and he was fighting down in the rankings because, uh, he couldn't get a fight. I think the next logical thing to me is, is to do Sanhagen versus Cheeto Vera. Uh, I think that's an outstanding fight. If this fight can be a main event, then Sanhagen versus Cheeto Vera can be a main event. Um, and, and the winner of that should face, uh, TJ Dillashaw and the winner of TJ Dillashaw and Aljamain Sterling. Um, the problem there for Sanhagen is that he has losses to both of those guys. Uh, he, you know, he got blown out of the water by Sterling, which, you know, you could say was a fluke or, a, you know, whatever you want to say about it. And then the fight with Dillashaw, a lot of people thought Sanhagen won. So that would be like, if Sanhagen were to get through Cheeto Vera, he would probably be rooting for TJ Dillashaw, I would think, because it would be easier. It would be an easier path to that title shot. Like it's hard to sell the fight with Aljamain Sterling after the way the first one went. Um, he would have to have a really impressive performance over Cheeto Vera, which let's face it. Uh, people don't have impressive performances over Cheeto Vera. Um, but that fight excites me. I, I think that fight is great. And of course, uh, you know, we can't ignore the boogeyman, Marab Dewalishvili, that's uh, still sneaking around this division. He won't fight his teammate, Aljo, um, but you got to give him a top guy. And then you also have, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about uh, Sanhagen or Vera getting the next title shot. Nobody's talking about the fact that, uh, you know, Peter Jan was a year ago, like the hottest thing in this division. And then when he lost the rematch to Aljamain Sterling, he just kind of faded. Now he's fighting a guy who in Sean O'Malley, who I don't think is even ranked in the top 10. So the guy goes from fighting for the title to fighting a guy that's like basically not ranked. Um, but what do you do with Peter Young? What do you do if he just goes down and obliterates Sean O'Malley? Do you not give him uh, the title fight? Peter Yan versus TJ Dillashaw will be a fun fight. Um, I don't think anybody's looking for Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling three. I think everybody is just kind of over that whole mess. I don't think we want to relive any of it. Um, so, yeah, what do you do there? Do you make Yan fight Marab? Uh, that, that would be a, a fun fight, too. Put that on the same card, Sanhagen and, and Cheeto Vera on the same card as Marab and Peter Yan. You know, that that's assuming that Yan beats O'Malley, which I don't know. I don't want to say that's a foregone conclusion, but I, I mean, on paper, he should, right? I mean, O'Malley's good. He's crafty. Um, he's He's got a solid ground game. Uh, you know, he's got, he's got knockout power. Um, but as, as Jan ever been close to getting knocked out? I don't, not that I know of, not off the top of my head anyway. So, uh, not a bad problem to have if you're the UFC. Uh, like I said, this division is very top heavy right now. And then, you know, once Yadong Song heals up, 
who's not going to want to see that guy fight again? You know, he promises blood and guts uh, when he gets in there. So what's not to love there? Um, so, <laughs> all right, guys. Mark Fellow says, if O'Malley beats Jan, I'm dying my bald head pink. Now I'm kind of rooting for O'Malley. I want to see this. I want to see photos, pics, or it didn't happen. All right, let's talk about an even more gruesome cut, in my opinion. Gregory Rodriguez and Chidi Njikawani. This fight was so fun. And uh, this is another example of, of uh, good fight experience, fight IQ, whatever you want to call it. Because Gregory Rodriguez, for those who don't know, world-class uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. And Chidi Njikawani has a black belt in jiu-jitsu, I believe. But Gregory Rodriguez is one of these guys who's like just on another level. But you might not know that uh, because he never chooses to implement it in his game plans when he's in there. So decides to stand and bang with Chidi and Jaquani, which if you've ever seen Chidi fight is not a great idea for anybody. Um, takes takes a clean knee right between the eyes and just makes his eyebrow line go from here to here um you know he was looking like Bert from sesame street at the end of this thing it was gruesome and the cut just opened up and opened up and the doctor again credit to this doctor i don't i'm not sure of his name but um he did a great job because and then rodriguez realized like oh shit if i don't get out of this round or if i if i make it out of this round or if I let Chidi out of this round, they're probably going to stop this on the stool. Like he probably felt his face opening up. It was like, like a cavern opening up on his face. Uh, it, it was pretty grotesque. So he had to know. He had to feel that happening. Like his face was being ripped in half. So he takes Chidi down, um, gets the TKO. Uh, I think it was more exhaustion on the on the part of and Jikawani, um, it, it seemed like he just tried so hard to finish Rodriguez in that first round. Um, and he does tend to fade, you know, he's a fast twitch muscle guy. Uh, so all these explosive movements, um, he, you know, he has had, you know, tiny issues with cardio in the past because of the way he fights and it makes for really exciting fights and really spectacular knockouts. But then, it also results in him running out of gas, which is, I think, what happened here. So Rodriguez takes it to the ground, passes his guard easily, um, and then finishes him with punches. But I, I don't think he was close to knocking him out or anything. Again, I think he was just tired. Um, I want to take a look. <laughs> Let's take a look at the cut here because the reason I say this one was so much more gruesome uh, than the Yadong Song cut is because, and those of you watching the the video right now, I have the I have the photo pulled up here. Is because of this artery that was exposed, that's basically between the eye and the bridge of the nose, but up near the eyebrow, and it is called the supratrochlear artery. And that is courtesy of the Octagon doctor, um, Dr. Yared Vasquez on Twitter. You could follow him at Dr. Yared. Um, 
And he basically said, if this artery had been ruptured, um, we would have seen the biggest in-fight bleed in UFC history. And I believe it. Because if you look at this thing, um, and those of you who are audio only, just, I guess, Google the picture of Gregory Rodriguez's cut. Um, but this artery, it's huge. It lo- it's like the size of a number two pencil. Um it's also known, I believe, in the medical field as the stripper pole artery because it just looks like a big stripper pole that goes down his forehead and like ends in his sinus cavity somewhere. Uh, but this thing's like totally exposed. If if it had been, if that knee had gone just a hair deeper uh, and it ruptured this thing, he would have been bleeding all over the place, all over the audience and the judges and, and the commentators and everybody, they would have had to stitch this artery shut and then stitch his face shut. And the cut is bad enough on its own. Like Henry Cejudo could use this cut as a sleeping bag. (laughs) You know, this thing, I mean, this was a gash and a half on this dude's forehead. Um, I, I can't speak enough to the toughness uh, of this guy, uh, when being that he has this giant crater in his face and he's like, all right, well, I guess I better take this really dangerous striker to the ground finally. And, um, and try to finish it there. And it, it, maybe if he didn't have the cut, maybe he would have tried to stay standing. Um, uh, but yeah, this, this artery looks like from the diagram I'm looking on here that, that Dr. Yared shared here on Twitter, it looks like it connects directly to the eyeball. So I would imagine if you damage that artery, uh, you could do some, you could do some damage to your vision as well, uh, which is, is scary to think uh, for a fighter. So shout out again to Dr. Yared for, uh, for sharing his uh, medical knowledge there. But um, two guys who, for me, their stock doesn't go down because you have a guy in Gregory Rodriguez who's so tough. um, His face gets ripped wide open, and he's just like, well, I guess I got to take it to the ground now. (laughs) I mean, most of us would look at that and be like, oh, my God, half of my face is gone in the middle. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it would not continue. Gregory Rodriguez was like, well, I better change my game plan a little bit (laughs) before I lose like another third of my face. (laughs) Um, But Enjikawani, like who wouldn't want to see a guy fight again who can knee somebody so hard uh, that it alters the appearance of their face. And also credit to the doctors who stitched up uh, Rodriguez after this fight, they did a, they did an awesome job. Um, he's going to be scarred for life, but, um, at least he won the fight, you know, I guess. So here's my question to you. Would you rather have the cut that, that, uh, Yadong song had and have, uh, you know, more mild, less noticeable scarring because it goes through the eyebrow and lose the fight? Or would you rather have that gaping artery exposing gash that Gregory Rodriguez had and had won the fight? So let me know 
uh, in the comments or on social media or whatever you're watching or listening, what would you choose? Would you rather get uh, songs cut and lose the fight and have it be, you know, probably heal up a little better? Or would you rather endure Rodriguez's cut um, and, and walk away with the victory? I'd be curious to see what, what a lot of you would say. Andre Feely and Bill Algio, um, the, this was, um, you know, this fight was all Andre Feely, uh, which, you know, I don't think it's any secret about Andre Feely that he's hot and cold, you know, when he shows up, uh, he looks phenomenal and he can run away with fights against top contenders like he did here. Um, I, I don't understand the split decision here. I'm sure you guys have, have heard this, um, have heard this, uh, a dozen times by now, but you know, Algio taking the back, uh, having his back taken and then, you know, throwing these little short punches, um, it doesn't do any damage. So I, I don't really see why this one judge, uh, would have scored it for Algio, but, I don't know. I, I would like to hear them explain their case, maybe what they were looking at here. But uh, I think to most of us, this was a clear victory for Andre Feely. Uh, Joseph Pfeiffer, first round TKO over Alan Amadovsky. Uh, so Pfeiffer coming off the contender series, I believe this guy comes out of Philadelphia where they just, you know, they just breed tough fighters. Um you know, if you look at the, the guys that have come out of Philadelphia, Eddie Alvarez, of course, Paul Felder, amongst others, um, the Dawkins brothers. There's just like uh there's just the toughness about uh about Philadelphia dudes. And yeah, so he gets the knockout and then he gets a bonus on his birthday. So congratulations to him. Uh, Rodrigo Nascimento split decision over Tanner Bozier. Don't really have much on that one for you guys. Uh, Anthony Hernandez with just a dominant fight over Mark Andre Barriol, just bell to bell, uh, dominated, um, dominated this fight up until he ended it with the, with the arm triangle in the third round. Uh, super impressive performance for this guy. Um, Sky's the limit for Anthony Hernandez, in my opinion. Damon Jackson, who came in with a heavy heart, having lost his brother, makes quick work of Pat Sabatini. Uh, taps him out due to strikes. Uh, minute nine seconds into the first round. So um, it's got to be bittersweet for Damon Jackson coming in under the circumstance under the uh, circumstances that he did. Um, and, and coming away with an impressive victory like this in a fight where I believe he was the underdog. Uh, I can't remember the odds off the top of my head, but I have to imagine that he was not favored in this one. Sab Pat Sabatini is uh, a bad dude. So to come in there and dispose of a guy like that in, in just over a minute uh, with the emotional baggage that he was bringing into the cage, uh, super impressive on the part of Damon Jackson. Trevin Giles, unanimous decision over Louis Koski. Um, let's see what else. 
I'll skip around here. Jillian Robertson uh, putting Maria um, Agapova to sleep. Uh, and I, I heard from people who had trained with Jillian that uh, they kind of knew this is how this one was going to go uh, because they had trained together and grappled together, of course. So uh, they knew that Jillian would have a, a, a big advantage there. So Jillian did seem like a little bit smaller to me, like almost like she could possibly fight down to 115. Uh, I don't know if that's something that's on the table for her. You know, she knows her body. So I guess she would know better than anyone if she was able to make that. Uh, but yeah, put, put uh, Maria Agapova to sleep. Um, great performance from Jillian Robertson. Javid Basharat, unanimous decision over Tony Gravely. Uh, this was an impressive performance because Gravely is a tough dude. Uh, another contender series guy, really solid wrestler. He got Boshrat down a few times, but Boshrat was able to just pop right back up to his feet, stayed in Gravely's face the whole time. Um, so this is a big win for him. He's undefeated, I believe. I can double check on that. Yeah, 13-0. and 0. The Snow Leopard. All right. Another contender series guy. It's it's almost hard to keep up with uh, all these all these talented fighters that are coming out of the contender series. And then uh, the first fight of the night, Nicholas Mata TKO over Cameron Van Camp, uh, three forty nine, the first round. So this is a pretty this was a pretty solid card. Um, let's see what's Bruce whining about here. Next time you see a bad cut in MMA, wash your tears. In your whiskey, Bill, cry me a river. Um, I didn't have a problem with the cuts, actually. Um, I thought they were fine. I was just, my only question was, would you rather have Yadong Song's cut and lose the fight, or would you rather have Gregory Rodriguez's cut and win the fight? That was my only question. I don't have any problem with the cuts. Um, you might have missed the part where I showed the photos here of the cuts as well um let's see we can take a look ahead we've got a week off i believe october 1st is the next ufc card that's going to be mackenzie dern and zio nan yan uh which is a great strawweight fight i think uh but we we got time to get into that we can we can kind of like browse this card cody garbrandt I'm not sure who he was even supposed to fight, but as of now, it's unknown fighter. Um, Brandon Allen, Christoph Jocko. It's a really fun fight. Randy Brown, Francisco Trinaldo. Francisco Trinaldo is still doing the damn thing. That's super impressive. Sadiq Youssef, I guess, uh, last-minute replacement. He was supposed to fight... Uh, Dude, a guy from Georgia with the kicks. What's that guy's name? Somebody help me out here. Um, it'll come to me, but uh, he pulled out. Guido Canetti, Randy Costa, Alexi Olenek, and Alir Latifi. That's a fun heavyweight match. Yeah, this is going to be a fun little card. So this will be a good one to come back from after... Is it a week off or is it two weeks off? 
I don't know how calendars work. Let's see. All right, one week off. So no UFC this weekend. Uh, there might be Bellator or some other stuff, but Giga Chikadze. That's the name I was thinking of. Thank you, Mark. Um, yeah, so Chikadze pulled out against Sadiq Yusuf. I'm not sure the reason. And, um, yeah, now we have a replacement. So not as high profile of a fight for Sadiq Yusuf, but, um, you know, he wants to stay active. So he's got to take whoever's willing to step up there. I think, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great night of fights. I thought very entertaining, and I noticed there wasn't a lot of buzz about it. Not a lot of people on social media talking about that card, uh, the Sanhagen and Song, and and I had a feeling that would be the case coming off of you know a Nate Diaz pay per view. A lot of people probably took the week off, but. Um, you know, if you just watched the fights, you would have seen some great fights and then you could take next week off because there's no fights next week. So we're all going to take the week off next week. Um, the other thing I want to touch on briefly that I didn't really care about was, uh, Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin, the third fight. And the reason I, a few reasons I didn't really care about this fight one, because the first fight ending in a draw was one of the final straws for me to stop caring about boxing, a sport that I loved following for a long time. And after that fight, I just did not give a shit because Gennady Golovkin clearly beat Canelo Alvarez in the first fight. And it was judged a draw because of the horrendous judging and corruption in boxing, which we all know we're all familiar with. It's no secret. Um, you know, a lot of these boxing um, marquee fights are bought and paid for before they ever happen. That's just the, that's just the reality of the matter. Unless, you know, somebody gets knocked out, which how often does that happen uh, at the highest level these days? Um, it, it just disgusted me. And then the second fight was, I still watched it anyway. The second fight was pretty good. It was close and Canelo won. And then we waited what, what was it five years later three years later something between three and five years later we do this Gennady Golovkin's 40 years old um he he's he was just not the same fighter anymore that beat Canelo in the first fight and I'll maintain that forever um oh it was four years uh so I I was kind of right between three and five I nailed it um yeah, the other thing that bothered me about this is like boxing fights just drag on so much. There's nothing worth watching on the undercards. It's not like UFC where you can watch top to bottom and there will be some excitement, some you know level of competition. Like the boxing undercards is just you know you got one group of cans against one group of people that are getting built up and it's not really competitive the matchmaking is not good and then between the fight before the main event and the main event you're looking at like 45 minutes i was like they they do the national anthem from from 62 countries uh and and then these guys take forever to walk out to the ring and then the announcing it's like midnight before these guys even um, are in punching distance of each other. 
I watched, I think, the first five rounds or so, and I was like, all right, I can see where this is going, and I shut it off. Um, it, if any of you boxing nuts out there are offended, well, I don't know. Watch a more exciting sport. I don't know what to tell you. I I just I couldn't get into it. I mean, it was, you know, Canelo Alvarez, who's, you know, clearly – one of the greatest talents in the history of boxing and still like pretty well within his prime against a guy who's 40 years old and like clearly at the end of his career. Um, it was not something entertaining for me. It was not, it was not built up for me at all. Um, I didn't even know the fight was happening until like last week. Uh, so and this is coming from someone who has their ear to the streets when it comes to combat sports. So uh, I don't know. These, um, these big boxing fights are just, it, it, they're, they're disappointing. I've, I've liked the, the, um, the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fights. Those have been good. Um, but, you know, outside of that, there hasn't been a whole lot in boxing in the last like five years or so that that's really grabbed my attention. Um, it's, it's been more negative than positive. And I, I'm always of the belief that once a relationship has more negative interactions than positive interactions, um, it's, it's either time for a change or it's, it's time to part ways with that relationship. And that goes with, uh, you know, being a fan of a sport or a romantic relationship or a friendship, um, anything like that. Once there's more negative than positive, uh, it's time to step back and maybe step away. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with boxing right now. Uh, I, I don't like dwelling on negative things. I don't like having negative thoughts. I don't like being a negative person. I don't like interacting with negative people. Um, so that, that's that, that's where I am with boxing. Um, I don't even know what the landscape of the division is like right now. Like who Canelo could even fight next? Like what, what were the implications of this fight? Like who's next in line? Um, I don't feel like any of those questions were answered. Um, I'm sure some of you have answers for that, but I don't, uh, in any case, that's my rant for the day. MMA fights were great. Um, and uh, I couldn't stay awake for the boxing. So there was that. Uh, let's see. If you guys want to uh, grab some MMA on the Rocks merchandise, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. And you can do so through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your entire order. As always, I'll put the links... Um, in the show notes, wherever you are watching or listening um, to purchase a over-the-top, under-the-influence tank top, hoodie, or sweatshirt. Um, or you can purchase whatever you want from their website. Get yourself uh, some training gear or support a local fighter. Buy their t-shirt. Put, um, put a little food money in their pockets so they can keep training, keep a healthy diet, all that good stuff. Uh, by all means, get on there and do that. Um, 
So there's that. And yeah, I, I'm really curious to hear your responses about, um, you know, what you would choose giving the choice, given the choice between uh, taking songs cut and losing the fight as opposed to taking Rodriguez's cut and winning the fight. I've kind of been tossing this back and forth uh, myself. I don't know. I don't know which side of the coin I'm landing on yet. I might be leaning towards Rodriguez. That cut was pretty gruesome, though. He's never going to look the same. But he won. What do you guys think? All right. Uh, pretty short episode this week. So that's all I got for now. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.